Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Madlit Musings today. I am super excited to have back um, a guest that has been here before, but she has a new book releasing, Stefina McGee. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm so glad to have you. And it looks like from your background there that you are enjoying the beauty of spring. Yeah, it's nice here, about 80 degrees already. So oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Well, we had a brief, a brief taste of spring last week. And then um, as my phone read 75 degrees, it also read winter storm warning in effect. And, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was really weird. I woke up this morning and we've got a couple inches of snow and um, I've gone back and pulled out my winter clothes. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. We've just had tons and tons of rain. Like it's impossible to cut the grass because everything's just mushy. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got that soggy wet lawn mm-hmm. thing going on. <laughs> oh yes. I got the lawnmower stuck le- earlier last week. <laughs> My son no. had to pull me out. Well, that's a new one. I'm not sure I've heard of a lawnmower getting stuck, but. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- it, I got too close to where the ditch is and it just sank right on oh, down. Oh no. And so my son had to go get the side-by-side with the winch on it and yep. haul me out of the, of the ditch. <laughs> Well, you know, you'll have to write that into a book someday. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm not sure how lawnmowers fit into historical, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't see too many ladies on riding lawnmowers in the no. early 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a new, a new, a new genre of book that you're diving into. <laughs> historical speculative. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, we are here today to talk about um, your new book that's coming out May 2nd, The Swindler's Daughter. It's coming from Bethany House Publishers. And I'm doing a little bit of a new thing as I can here instead of asking the author to recite to me what the book's about, because that's every author's worst nightmare of a question. <laughs> I'm just giving the a quick read through of the back cover. So I will I will read through and tell you what it's about to remind you what it's about. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So this one is The Swindler's Daughter, um, a surprise inheritance, a cache of family secrets, a choice that will change her life forever. Lillian Doyle has lived her entire high society life with her widowed mother, believing her father died long ago. But when news arrives that her estranged father only recently passed away in jail, Lillian is startled to find that the man has left a business and all of his possessions to her, making her a rather unusual heiress. When she goes to take possession of her father's house in a backwoods Georgia town, the dilapidated structure, I love that, the dilapidated structure is already occupied by another woman who claims it was promised to her son Jonah. In her attempts to untangle the mess, Lillian will discover not only a family she never knew she had, but a family business that is more than meets the eye and has put a target on her back. To discover the truth and take hold of the independence she's always dreamed of, she'll have to make friends with adversaries and strangers 
especially Jonah, the dusty and unrefined cowboy who has secret aspirations of his own. Okay. First of all, I love the flip on the whole inheritance thing. Like instead of inheriting like this beautiful mansion and all this money and, you know, from pauper to wealth, you're like from wealth to pauper. It's a complete reversal. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I absolutely adore that. So what, so tell me a little bit about what gave you the ideas for this story and, and just a little bit about the fun you had researching for it. Oh my goodness. I had to research all kinds of stuff. And unfortunately, I cannot tell you all of what I got to dig into because, you know, it is titled The Swindler's Daughter. And I can't tell you all of what it is that he was doing and all of the things that she discovers. Um, But she learns that there's a whole lot more going on there than she thought would be going on. And so she's lived this whole life with her mother, who's very strict, who has aspirations that she's going to marry a wealthy man. Um, move them up the society ladder then I have all of these wonderful things and Lillian finds out that her father is passed away in jail and she has to go and try to take care of this inheritance and so my idea was okay what would happen for this girl who's lived this way to now go completely opposite Mm -hmm. it's a small town there's no electricity it's to her you know probably 30 40 years in the past of what she's used to in atlanta Mm -hmm. and then she has to deal with all of these people who don't go by any of the society you know priorities and and the stuff that she's used to doing and and she has an estranged family that she's never met And so I kind of threw a lot of problems at the poor girl to break her out of her very stiff shell Mm -hmm. and kind of let her discover who she really is and not who she's supposed to be. Yeah, I really love that too, that concept of, you know, coming to, I guess, coming to grips with your roots, right? Mm -hmm. And finding out that maybe your family's not all that it was cracked up to be or or what you thought it was going to be and how do you um, reconcile with that. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's really cool. So tell us a little bit about, um, well, I know there's lots, I mean, you don't want to spoil anything. So what can, (laughs) let me rephrase this question. What can you tell us about the book? (laughs) Is there anything we can know? Yeah. Uh, so Lillian goes to this town and her mother doesn't kind of want to go with her because obviously she doesn't want everybody to know the scandal. Um, because she is not a widow's daughter Um, and so Lillian has to go by herself and she gets the keys to the house and she goes to the house and there's this woman in the yard like looking at stuff and doing things and Lillian's like okay this is supposed to be my house and Melanie is Mm -hmm. uh, Jonah's mother and she says nope this is our house we already live here it was given to us and Lillian's like no no it's not (laughs) and so she kind of gets into this whole situation with these people who are already living in her house and she can't really like kick out this actually widowed woman and her two daughters oh my that are living in her house (laughs) and so she's trying to sort through all of the mess that her father left her Mm -hmm. um while also dealing with these other people and they're kind of all interconnected um, sure so (laughs) yeah i'm sure there's probably lots of ties that we can't really go into too much here otherwise we'll start releasing all the spoilers of the story and that's never a good thing but (laughs) there's a lot of discoveries in this one so usually there's a lot more I can talk about but this particular one it's like well I can get you through about chapter three or four and then after that I can't tell you I can't talk about it anymore (laughs) 
Well, this will be a really short podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Well, I love stories that have lots of secrets. Obviously, you know, mystery and secrets are, mm, are something that right I, up your alley. you know, totally, <laughs> totally going to like this book. This is all I'm sold. I'm sold. Any book you can't talk about is a definite yes for me. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about some of the themes in the book then. Um, you know, she's obviously coming to grips with a past that not only did she not know about, but it sounds like it was deceptive to a degree. Mm -hmm. um, finding out a father that has been estranged from you that you thought was dead and obviously has potentially a shady past, etc. cetera. Um, what type of spiritual themes did you plan to bring out or did you want to bring out when you were attacking Lillian's story? Lillian's story is all about what do we do when God's plan is nothing at all what we thought. Mm. Um, Lillian thought her life was all planned out. Jonah had his own plans for his life mm -hmm. and both of them keep dealing with um, why am I getting kind of these curveballs? Why, why is everything that I'm trying to do falling apart? Mm. And at one point, Melanie, I love Melanie. She's my favorite. Um, she says, you know, maybe sometimes when everything is going wrong, maybe you're doing something right. Because hmm. if you weren't going for the plan that God had, you wouldn't be facing opposition. And so sometimes those challenges, I think, that that come at us is because, okay, God said, let's do this new thing. And we're trying to do this new thing and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, God, this is too hard. So maybe I was wrong. This isn't what you wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of times it's that we get that pushback, you know, the, the opposition and we have to fight through that. Yeah. And so I wanted my characters to be doing that as well, because I think that's something we all deal with. And it can be very difficult. And and Jonah especially really struggles with, he says, every time I'm trying to do this plan, it's like, God, you're throwing things at me. Mm -hmm. And and so he's trying to struggle with what is his plan? What is God's plan? What is, well, how much is he going to trust what God is doing in his life? Yeah, that's a tough one too, because I've, I've run into it in my own life and then in other people's lives too, where I've seen when you start facing pushback or adversity, a lot of times our initial reaction is to say, oh, this must be the wrong, the wrong mm -hmm. path, or this must be, I must have mistaken where I was supposed to go. Um, versus seeing that, yeah, you know what, when you start following the will of the Lord, there's a lot of things that send, tend to come up that say, Hey, we don't like this. Let's stop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, and it's usually what's happening in my life that ends up <laughs> like it, it right? happens to me that way. Um, we were, we were at church and there were some things that I kind of felt God saying, Hey, let's do this. I'm mm. just like, mm, I don't think you really want me to do that. Like I'm not, I'm not qualified for, they asked me to fill in and start teaching ladies Bible study. So the, the oh. main leader can have a break. And I'm like, uh -huh. you know, that's really not me. And that's too hard. And <laughs> And it was one of those moments, this doesn't happen to me a whole lot, but every once in a while, there's these times that I really feel God say something to me. Mm. And he said, you know, you keep choosing easy over me. And I was Ooh. like, oh dear, that's not good. <laughs> and so in the middle of writing this story <laughs> where Lillian's like, oh, this stuff is too hard. I am at the same time dealing with where God is telling me, Hey, I keep asking you to do this stuff. And you're like, nah, I'm good over here. 
Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that was things that I was dealing with having to push out of my comfort zone and, and try these new things that God wanted me to do. And there were times that I was like, I, I had allergies and I felt terrible, but I'd come in, I'm like, okay, God wanted me to do this. So he's going to give me everything I need to do. So I'm, I'm going to be here and here I'm going to do it. And so it was a lot of a lesson for me too. And uh, you know how characters get to have those lessons that we get to have. So yeah, it's always fun to be able to infuse them into characters and maybe abuse them a little bit more. <laughs> Some vindication. <laughs> oh, fun. So how do we, you know, as as people who are wanting to serve the Lord and wanting to follow his purpose, how do we get, or how did you in that, even that, in that situation, how did you get the willpower? Because I know like if God's asking me to do something in my brain, I'm thinking, yeah, I know he's going to give me the strength to do it or the words to speak, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's that part of me that needs that willpower. Like I can figure a way to justify myself out of this situation. Mm-hmm. So how do we find the willpower to push through when we don't want to? Uh, for me, I think I just keep showing up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to, um, you know, get everything prepared, do the best I can. The background part's easier for me, get everything together. The mm-hmm. speaking to people part is the really hard part, but I'm like, okay, if I just keep showing up and I'm here, and I'm willing, and I'm really honest with people that, hey, this is hard for me. This is not my comfort zone. And the ladies are really gracious. They know that. They know yeah. that I'm not great at talking in front of people. They mm-hmm. they know my joke. I'm like, y'all, you know, I talk better with my fingers than my mouth. Like, that's what I do. Um, but I think it's just the willingness to, to keep being there um, mm-hmm. because I still have doubts. I still feel insecure. I still get nervous. Um, my heart goes really fast sometimes and, but I go anyway and mm. I'm just there. And yeah. so I, I think God blesses that um, mm. in the fact that we're just willing to try and to do what he's asked us to. And it, I've been doing it now, probably mm, four months, five months. Um, it's not getting easier, but I love that vulnerability though, because, you know, you hear all these testimonies of, I did what the Lord asked me to do and I did it kicking and screaming. And now it's the best thing in my life. And you're like, it's not in mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still really nervous about it and it's it's difficult for me, but I just keep going. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, like, so I'm just going to ask you all the hard questions since we can't talk about your story without spoiling it. I'll just ask you all the deep spiritual things and you can resolve them for us today. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask um, when you're, you're on that path and you're doing those, those things that are tough or those things that God has asked you to do that are outside of your comfort zone. How do you answer then the question? why are you making me do this? Why not find somebody who feels capable? You know, why don't you find somebody who's extremely extroverted and really good with words and loves to share with ladies to lead this Bible study? Why are you asking me who is still nervous four months later? Hmm. Yeah. Those are all questions we have. Um, (laughs) I think to me, one of the ways that i can look at it is and I'll kind of back up and give you a little bit of an example okay um 
I did not grow up with sports. I am not a sports fan. I am not interested in sports. Uh, my husband and I dated three months and it was, we were, we dated three months. We were engaged three months. We got married. It was not during football season. So I was in for a rude awakening when my husband who thought that Monday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday were all for football. And I did not in the least care for that. Um, and you know, I had hobbies and interests that I loved horses. I did training. He hated horses. He had no interest in that. And so it was difficult for us to do something for the other, but I think that's love. I think that there is this expression of how much you care about somebody and how much you love somebody when you're willing to go outside of what you would want to do and mm -hmm. your maybe only selfish desires. Well, I feel like doing this today, mm -hmm. but the one I love would like me to do this with them. And so sometimes I wonder if when God pulls us out of things, one, I think to grow us, you know, to, to stretch us, um, introverts, I think we use the excuse I'm an introvert, so I don't need to interact with people when God very clearly says, you know, the, the most important thing is love God. And the second is like it, love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would like to pray for you for a distance. I don't really necessarily want to be there in the middle with you. Um, and I think God wants to grow us in those situations that we don't necessarily want to be in. But I think, too, it's also a way he does so much for us and shows his love for us in so many ways that sometimes loving others and, and doing it in a way that's not necessarily the way we might choose kind of gives an expression of our love back to him mm -hmm. that this isn't necessarily the way I would have done it, you know, but if that's what you would like me to do, and there's reasons I'm sure that he has for us doing those things mm -hmm. and we're obedient in that. But I think we also show that loving heart to be willing to do something for him and with him that we might not have otherwise chosen. Mm. Oh, that's good. I have no more words. I was oh, no. <laughs> No, it's true though. I mean, that act of self-sacrifice is, it does seem more valuable when it's outside of your comfort zone um, or outside. It's, that's when sacrifice becomes sacrifice, I guess. It's when you're giving yeah. up of yourself. Mm -hmm. I like that. Have you ever watched that movie, A Knight's Tale? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. So, you know, she, he keeps saying, lady, I will win this tournament for you. And she mm -hmm. says, no, you will win it for yourself. If you want to prove to me that you love me, you will lose because it's not for you it's for me <laughs> so sometimes you know there it is that yep. self-sacrifice it's not for you <laughs> yep yep love it i love it well let's take a quick break and then when we come back i'll ask the all-important question that readers who read historical romance want to know what about that hero so <laughs> let's take a quick break okay Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title.
Hey, everyone. We're back with Madlet Musings, and I have Stefina McGee with me today. And we are talking about her new book called The Swindler's Daughter, which comes out May 6th. So if you're listening to this before May 6th, then you'll want to pre-order it. If you are listening to this after May 6th, go order it because you can get it right away. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been kind of drilling um, poor Stefina here with a lot of deep spiritual questions. So we're going to dig even deeper now that we're back from break and say, what about this hero? Tell us about Jonah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jonah. Um, He was 16 when his father died. And so he had the responsibility of caring for his mother and his two young sisters Uh, They were real little at the time. And so he's got kind of the weight of the world on his shoulders. Um, He was offered a job with this family and they've been really good to him. They've kind of taken him in almost his family uh, with them. And he works their cattle and runs their farm. And it is not what he wants to do. Um, So he works really hard so that he can eventually get to chase his own dream and get his mother and sisters settled Mm -hmm. and give them an opportunity to um, be secure so that he can go and do his own dream. And of course, Lillian like throws a wrench and all of that and messes up every plan that he has. So he's very frustrated, (laughs) but he's kind of that steady, solid, this is what we're going to do kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so when everything keeps getting messed up, he keeps getting very frustrated and uh, he says Lillian's like a, a banty rooster caught in a tornado. She uh, doesn't know which way she wants to go and stirs up trouble wherever she goes. So I <laughs> love that. So he has this feisty woman that he's uh, trying to contend with. And and his mother, who has very determined plans of this is what we're doing. And mm. and so, yeah, he's he's that steady, stoic kind of guy. But she changes a lot. (laughs) It sounds like he kind of needs to be to survive with all these strong women in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. That's great. So, okay. This, I might be showing a little bit of my, my Midwestern Wisconsin naivety. Um, But I was, when I was reading the back cover coffee, I was like, okay, it's backwoods, Georgia town. And yet Jonah's an unrefined cowboy. So I think Mm -hmm. cowboy, I'm thinking the West yeah. Not really Georgia. So is there a history there that I'm just so not aware of or or how does that all come together? Well, we do tend to think of cowboys on in Texas and out west mm-hmm. in the range, but there's cowboys right down the road for me. Um, so most of these people who have cattle, uh-huh. they have a lot of land, they run cattle. Um, they still do the old stuff. Now they're not running them on thousands and thousands of acres, yeah. but the guy we know uh, his name's ted he moves his cows around with the horses and the dogs like he whistles the dogs run the cows up they load them they get them loaded in the trailer and people will actually call him and he'll travel around and load up their cows in the trailers to take them to sales and that kind of thing so it's mostly just smaller farm work Mm -hmm. cattle work but Mm -hmm. it's still the cowboy stuff because the horses and the dogs and yeah that's great that's great i think you know and, and again, it's it's the misnomer of being up in the north, but you think of Georgia and you're instantly thinking beautiful plantations and mm. rolling green lawns. And <laughs> yep. Nope. <laughs> you're like, not got- all of it is that. No. We got- so that is kind of Lillian's world. Um, okay. And Atlanta uh, and, and big city, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And, but 
but up towards the mountains, it's a little different, a little okay. more rural. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I like that it's bringing to people like me who are completely ignorant, um, a new perspective of what is actually in Georgia and some of the historical times and settings that aren't necessarily as monopolized on as like Atlanta and yeah. the big wealth and, and pomp of you know, the South and, and all that fun stuff. So what yeah, time- I talked to the, um, the people at Dawsonville is where it's set. Um, okay. and so I, I contacted the historical society up there. Mm. And so they gave me some books to, to get that had all of the history and pictures and all of that. So I was able to dig through and like actually see out the layout of the town and what it would have looked like. And, okay. um, you know, it still had dirt streets and there was no electricity until oh. into the thirties. Really? That. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is true of a lot of the South. Um, a okay. lot of your rural spaces in the cities, you would have it, sure. but it took so long to build the, you know, electricity plants and mm-hmm. do all the wires and all of that, that most of the people out in the country, they did not have any of that for a long time. They still had lamps. I love it. Oh, Mm-hmm. simpler times let's get in a time machine how about that you want to go with me <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see it it would help my research quite a bit <laughs> right I'm sure it would <laughs> oh that's awesome and what time period is this set in is this the 1800s then this one is 1912 1912 okay mm-hmm. awesome so just yeah, these last few books I moved out of the 1800s and mm-hmm. started some early turn of the century stuff so. okay that's awesome I love it Well, this is great. It's been fun to chat and I'm really appreciative of your insight, not only on the great stories that you write, but also your faith and and what you pour into the stories, which readers find so valuable as well. So that's awesome. And if readers want to find out more about you and follow you and do all that fun social media stuff with you, where do they find you? My website is going to be the hub of everything I've got. Um, So it's just my name, www.stephinamcgee.com. <laughs> That's easy enough. We can do that. So, And I'm usually on Facebook. I have Twitter, um, but I'm not great about being on it. So mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram is pretty much where I'm at all the time. Yeah, I think those tend to be the most popular for, for authors, it seems. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on and enjoy that nice, warm Georgia weather today while I go put on some snowshoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in Mississippi and uh yeah. Oh, sorry. Same, yep. Same weather pattern, I think. We got the same pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah, I just assume Georgia cuz it's your book. I need to probably ask and say, "Hey, what state are you actually in?" Yeah, I'm in Mississippi. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. So All right. Well, we will um, hopefully have you on again with another book release. But for right now, um, everybody rush out and get Stefina's book, The Swindler's Daughter. It's from Bethany House Publishers. And um, I'm writing that, right? It's Bethany House. It's Ravel. It's Ravel. Same parent company. It's still still Baker. (laughs) See, you know, for readers who are wondering what is wrong with Jamie Jill right now, um, like Stefina said. I didn't want to correct you. No, you definitely should correct me because Ravel's going to be like, wait, that's our author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for readers, there's, there's Baker Publishing Group and within the group, they have two publishers, Ravel and Bethany House. And I always get us all mixed up because it seems like we're one big happy family. Mm-hmm. And then I naturally gravitate to say Bethany House because that's technically what's on my spine of my book. So <laughs> <laughs> We will give Ravel all the credit for the Swindler's Daughter 
published by Ravel, written by Stefina H. McGee, and um, really hoping you have a good book launch because this looks like a fun one. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com. <laughs>